This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. The driver looked at me sprawled in the back for a few minutes, probably wondering what I was up to. I didn't care. One after another, I would put a pedal in my mouth right there in the cab and let the pleasure take me. I opened myself up to it, let it explode with intensity inside me, moaning louder each time. There is a space between reality and fantasy, between light and dark, between rational and irrational. In this space, there are stories. This story is called Lotus. Bon appétit. The next day I woke up to find the empty stems spread all around me in bed. The pot of soil that used to be Gerbera plant turned upside down on the floor. The place was a mess, and I felt horrible. My stomach was a heavy knot again, and my mouth was dry with the stale taste of the flowers still lingering. I went to the mirror and was shocked to find red and yellow petals smeared all over my face, myself barely recognizable. There was a rose petal caught in my hair, and I ate it quickly, savoring it. I looked like a complete mess, so I quickly brushed my teeth, showered, and got ready for work. As I dressed, I realized that my phone kept buzzing, so I looked at it. Eight missed calls. Several were from Daniel, two from Miriam, one of our leaders, and a few others, too. Shit. I was late for work again, really late this time. I finished dressing and ran out the door. These past few days, I really wasn't myself, and it was so odd to behave this way, yet kind of enjoyable, too. Daniel got up and headed over to me as soon as he saw me walk through the door. Naomi, what is going on with you? he whispered loudly in my ear. He sounded concerned. I'm not feeling well. I had to go see a doctor, I lied. Is everything okay? You can tell me. I really hate it that you don't share things with me. You used to all the time. Why not anymore? Daniel, I'm fine. Trust me. It's just a small infection. I looked away because I really couldn't make eye contact with him. Is that why you made me go last night? Yes. Yes, I did not want to get you sick. I... I lied again. He looked at me intently, and I could tell he was not so easily convinced. Well, I hope you're feeling better. I was so worried. He pulled me closer to him. You may want to speak with Miriam. She was looking for you. He squeezed me playfully, but barely visible to anyone else, winked, and went back to his desk. Speaking with Miriam was the last thing I wanted to do that day. I had nothing to tell her, aside from having to lie about where I had been. I certainly did not do any work. Normally that would bother me, but today, I didn't care. I went back to my desk and got to work. I did my best to focus on what I was doing, but my mind kept wandering back to flowers. I could picture them, all bright and of all different colors, their scent filling the room. I looked at the clock, counting down the time until I could go home and maybe indulge myself a little. But I told myself last night was the last time. I promised myself, my mind went on. On the other hand, if I could do it just this one more time, feel the wonderful feeling it gave me. What's the harm in one more flower? 
No harm at all. Yet it was so embarrassing, irritating how it took over me the way it did. I couldn't focus. I realized I was making a small correction for the last hour and a half, something that usually took me ten minutes at the most. I rested my forehead in my hands in frustration, closing my eyes and trying to pay attention. Think, think, focus. But it was useless. Perhaps if I went out and got a few flowers, just a quick snack, I would finally be able to concentrate. I considered it for a moment, struggling with myself, fighting with my mind. It bothered me that this was taking over me this much. The thought of doing it again made me happy, excited, yet also overwhelmed me, and a heavy sense of dread came over me at once. I pushed it aside, ignoring it, trying to get back into my work once more. Ten minutes later, after a painful struggle, I finally gave in. I picked up my stuff and headed out. Do you think you will be done with the correction soon? Steve asked me as I was heading out. Um, give me a few more hours. Few more hours? I have to change the write-up. I don't have a few hours. Can you give me what you've already finished? Not now, Steve. But I need it. Come on, Naomi, just send it over to me before you head out. I irritably went over to my computer and sent over a few files to him. Just as I was about to leave, he stopped me again. That's it? That's all you have? He was frowning, but I could tell he was also surprised. Well, then maybe you can do them yourself. What do you think, it just falls into place? I snapped back, irritated. At once, I saw Steve's face change. He was taken aback by this. I never snapped at him this way before. Okay, relax, he said defensively, and went back to his work. Outside, the wind blew through my hair, and I felt elated and light. It was so good to be out of that stuffy office. I quickly located the nearest store and headed over there. They had a few mixed bouquets, but looking at them, I could tell they were old and wouldn't do it for me. They would taste dead. I could smell it in their scent. If I was going to do this, I had to do it right. I went to my phone and looked up various flower shops. There were at least two within walking distance from me. I hesitated. Well, if this is my last time doing this, perhaps I should really take it up a notch, do something more extravagant to finish on a good note. I searched for an exotic flower shop. There was one which was highly rated, but it was really far out. I considered it. Suddenly there was this renewed rush within me. A rush to get there, to get the nicest flowers into my mouth. My body shook slightly, the new flow of anticipation growing and pleasure spreading through me. I hailed a cab and gave the driver the address. In the car, I was giddy and excited, like a teenager about to go on that first date or finally do that one forbidden thing I always wanted to do. I breathed heavily, quickly, my head getting dizzy. Oh, this was going to be so good. I pictured walking into the place, several giant lotus flowers floating in pools of water, touching them gently, grabbing them in my hands and burying my face in the bloom. Oh, the scent of it. The scent. And I could taste it. I could already taste it and imagine myself eating it slowly, petal by petal, my eyes rolling back, my saliva dripping out on the side of my lip in my ecstasy. I really couldn't wait to lose myself again. The cab pulled up to a large place with large glass windows and behind them, green plants visible, their leaves luscious and large. And among those, 
Oh, those beautiful buds, the petals, the colors mixing. I swallowed hard, my eyes large with bewilderment and the need turning urgent. I must have let out a moan because the taxi driver was looking at me funny, smiling. I could see his even white row of teeth peering at me and him grinning widely from the darkness of his seat. I handed him the money and got out. This store was my personal version of heaven. As I walked through it, the sense of all sorts filled my nostrils, and I was acutely aware of every type of flower that lived there. I stopped by a large orchid, stroking it with my hand gently. Oh, darling, I thought. Oh, I cannot wait to feel you on my tongue. I leaned over it and gave it a subtle lick, closing my eyes. Can I help you? I turned to find a scrawny man standing in front of me. His gaunt face peered into mine. The wrinkles around his cheeks cut into the flesh as he smiled. His hair was neatly combed back and looked greasy, but his clothes were neat and immaculate. He smiled at me knowingly, as if he could sense something about me. I was sure he saw me lick the plant. The vanilla orchid. A beautiful variety, he said as he smiled. Here, you should have it. I stared at the plant in my hands. How much? Oh, for an enthusiast like yourself, I couldn't charge. I want you to have it. He smiled at me, his smile wide and large. There was a certain spark in his eyes. What was it? What is your favorite flower? He asked. I hesitated. Could he tell that I ate flowers and got immense amounts of pleasure out of that? Maybe he was just like me? Um, lotus, I guess? I said this quietly, as if I were a shy schoolgirl, and he caught me doing something bad. That hesitation seemed to please the man, because he smiled even wider. Oh, the lotus, he said in a quiet voice, drawling his words. Oh, yes, then you will love what I have here. I am sure you'll appreciate the jewel of Egypt. He smiled at me, and his eyes got bigger, intense. Come here. I followed him obediently, an orchid still in my hands. I put the plant close to my face as I walked and quickly nibbled on a flower. Its flavor burst into my mouth, filling me with warm relief. Oh, how exciting this was. My body shook, and I felt wonderfully calm as I followed the man. He turned and looked at me, smiled a small, sly smile, and motioned for me to follow him into a little room. Through the glass walls, I could see it was filled with exotic plants. Inside, the room was warmer than usual and very humid. All sorts of plants were on shelves, the lamps beaming at them from above. In the middle, there was a small pool connected to a tiny fountain. Inside the pool, I spotted several beautiful, bright purple lotus plants, their petals sharp like razors sticking out of the water. My mouth watered immediately, and I let out a sigh. The man heard it and smiled at me. Egyptian lotus. Beautiful species. No. I nodded. Oh, the things I would do to eat that? How much? I heard myself asking, my voice shaking in anticipation. Eighty dollars a plant, he said simply. Now that I saw him in the light, he looked odd, even eccentric. 
There was something disturbing behind his stare, so I looked away, averting his gaze. I'll take three lotus plants, I said, and turned to go out of the room. I couldn't be there any longer. The humidity made the scents much stronger, and I was worried that I would get on my hands and knees at any moment and crawl around the floor like an animal eating all the flowers within reach. That would be insane, but being in that room made me want to do insane things, to be a slave to the overwhelming scents and petals. I followed the man to the cash register and paid for lotus plants. I went to give him back the orchid, but to my relief, he only shook his head. I want you to have it. I told you, he said. An exquisite beauty like you should have a plant like that orchid. What beauty, don't you think? He touched one of the flowers, staring inquisitively at the empty spot where another flower had been just a moment ago. I smiled at him, although I wasn't at ease at all. The man's manner was strange, and I could tell he looked at me with a special kind of look. What was it? It's like he could see through me, knew what I needed most. I looked at the orchid, the branch bearing many beautiful flowers with one missing at the end because I ate it. Poor plant, I thought. Yet I would never give it back. I was already looking forward to finishing it off as soon as I got home. Accepting the plant from such an odd man made me feel a bit uneasy, but the urgent feeling of need, the anticipation of eating the plant pushed those other feelings aside. I got my lotus plants and headed home, a bag full of water in hand, the other arm wrapped around an orchid. As I walked out of the store, I noticed the man's gaze on me, studying me. If I had to deal with that in order to get the most amazing lotus plants, then I was prepared to do anything. At home, I could no longer contain my excitement. As soon as I walked through the door, I dropped to my knees and spread the flowers on the floor like my treasure. I didn't know what to do first, the lotus or the orchid. I shook. Everything seemed like the rush now, a thrill, as if I was on fire, and the flowers would put that out in me, make me whole again. With a trembling hand, I untied the bag, and the water spilled all over my floor in a violent torrent. I took the first plant and put my face into it, inhaling deeply. There were tears rolling down my cheeks, and I realized that at that moment I was insanely happy. Yes, this was happiness for me. Intense and piercing, it went through me like a million needles of anticipation, filling my body with sweet release. I shoved the first lotus flower in my mouth, chewing on it ravenously. Oh, if only Daniel could see me now, on the wet floor, tearing the delicate flower petal by petal like an animal. But it felt so good. It was everything I ever wanted. I rolled on my side and bit an orchid flower off, moaning with pleasure, my eyes rolling back. Oh, this is all I had ever wanted, all I ever needed. If this is how I died, I would not mind at all. It was all too perfect. I ate another lotus plant, almost screaming from the pleasure it gave me. Another orchid flower followed, and finally I was done with the whole feast. I lay on my back in a puddle of water, slowly chewing whatever flowers were still in my mouth, my eyes closed, and me in another world. A moment later, I was indeed in another world, soaring above light clouds, not a worry in the world, the soft light caressing me gently. I woke up, wet and cold on the floor of my apartment. 
It was early, probably 5 or 6 a.m. I felt dizzy and my body ached all over. I got up on my feet but had to hold myself up, leaning on the armchair in the corner. There were stars in my eyes, and everything went black for a few minutes once I got up. I stood there, catching my breath. My stomach growled, and I realized that I was starving. In the past several days, in fact, ever since I ate my first lotus, I haven't had any real food. Just the flowers. My mind was a blur, foggy and restless. My body was screaming for more flowers. I looked around the room and realized that I would have to go out and get some. Then I checked myself. No, there would be no more flowers. I was angry, too. How could I let this happen again? It seemed that every day I was intent in going on with my life as usual, put an end to flower eating, yet every day I would somehow find myself swallowing them, passing out into complete oblivion as if falling off a cliff. No, this couldn't happen anymore. I was resolved to continue on as a normal person, forget the damn flowers altogether. I wiped up my floor, tidied up at home and got in the shower. I made myself look especially good that morning, curling my hair and putting my makeup on. I was resolved to have a good, productive day, to do my best at the office and go on with my life leaving this mess behind. As I put the shoes on ready to go out, my stomach grumbled and I knew I had to eat something, anything at all, as long as it was real food. I looked in my fridge, but there was not much there. I went through the cupboards, but the sight of real food made my stomach turn. If only I had just one bloom, even a petal. But no, I decided there would be no more flowers, and there won't be any. I stubbornly walked outside and went to a coffee shop to get breakfast. Standing in line, I was in agony, my limbs shaking, my stomach burning. I got to the cashier and ordered a coffee and a bagel. My body was swaying back and forth, and I could feel my head throb under pressure. I got my food and my coffee and went outside, my body still in agony. I put the coffee up to my face, smelling its gentle aroma, and got sick. Strange that something that used to bring so much joy would make me ill now. I sat on the bench, catching my breath. Perhaps I just needed some solid food in me first? I went for the bagel, but the smell of it made me break out in cold sweat. I forced myself to put it in my mouth, chewing slowly. I took a sip of coffee. Well, that's not so bad now, is it? Suddenly I felt it. A wave of intense pain and sickness sweeping over me in a big wave, emerging from the inside of my body, something visceral pushing its way out violently. I got up at once and ran to the bushes, crouching down next to them, my vomit coming out in powerful torrents. Tears streamed out of my eyes and down my face as I finally got up. What a mess I must have been. I got out a napkin and gently wiped my face. I was so lightheaded I had to sit down so I sat on the bench that was next to the bushes. What was happening to me? Now I was worried. My nails were nervously scratching at my skin. My mind was racing. I turned and saw a large planter next to me, with violets blooming inside. Well, maybe this one time. I went closer to the planter. I was feeling sick. Perhaps they would soothe my stomach? I eyed the flowers greedily. What could be the matter with me, I wondered, as my hands quickly ripped the violets out of the soil, shoving them one by one into my mouth. I felt at ease right away, 
My muscles relaxed as if on command, and the piercing headache faded away. I closed my eyes briefly, enjoying the taste. So what if I were eating flowers again? Not the worst thing to do, not at all. I got up and headed to the office, trying to focus on the work I had ahead of me. Yet it was difficult. The whole time my mind kept going back to the odd man in the flower shop and the little humid room filled with luscious, elegant plants and bright, beautiful lotus floating gently in his pond. Miriam was waiting for me at my desk. She was dressed in a dark dress with a heavy sweater which hung over her like a shawl. The outfit made her look masculine and unattractive. She was already an odd-looking woman, so that only emphasized those eccentricities. She got on her feet when she saw me approach, finishing something up on her phone. We've missed you in the last few days, she said, not looking at me. Yeah, I haven't been feeling well. I stared ahead with boredom. All I could think of was that flower shop. The flowers there were so good. Any flowers I got before that paled in comparison now that I've had the good stuff, the very best. How soon could I get back to that flower shop, I wondered. Yes, I can see that. She was eyeing me up and down. Your face is all gray. I went ahead and put my bag on my cabinet. Then I sat at the edge of my desk, staring directly at her. Miriam sat down in my chair. How are you really doing, dear? She asked, staring right at me. We don't want our star player to be sick. So tell me what you need. I don't need anything, I replied, noting that that was a lie. All I needed was for everyone else to leave me alone so I could go back to the flower shop and get another lotus. What can I do for you, really? She pressed me again, her eyes staring carefully into my face from my own seat. You could get out of my chair, I thought to myself. But I didn't say it out loud. Instead, I heard myself say, Miriam, it's just a small bug, trust me. I'm here now, aren't I? Well, of course. She looked hurt by that, but I knew she was probably thinking that, thank God Naomi is back, we have too much invested in this project for anyone to really be sick. We both stared at each other. Finally, she got up and her face moved, attempting a smile. Well, I am so very glad you are feeling better, dear. You have to present your new and improved ideas soon, and the expectations are high. We expect the best from the best, as you know. I smiled, and she smiled. And we both were such a happy little family, the two of us. On the next episode of Lotus. I stumbled out and onto the street, my head in a daze. That old man was sick. He infuriated me. I was ready to go back and throw those flowers in his face. Then I looked at the hydrangeas. The desire to eat them was so overpowering, I knew I would never throw them away. I knew I wanted the plants. Needed them. I had to have them now. Now! Lotus, a crawlspace media production of a pyrational story. Narrated by Gabra Zachman. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. Thank you.